Women Taking the Lead, Episode 150. This idea that we have to be total business mavens and rock stars in the kitchen and at home and like super moms making the vegan gluten-free cupcakes that taste delicious. Like That's just, you know, and never let anyone see us sweat. Like I'm sweating all the time. Like, so it's, you know, that's not reality. Like it's hard to hold all that stuff together and you need help. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I am here with Alexis Robin, who is the co-founder of Peeling Coaching Center for Excellence, an executive coaching firm specializing in leadership and organizational development at the individual and collective level. She is a published author of Leap of Faith, Cultivating Your Brave Heart, and radio host of The Bright Side, a life coaching radio show. When she's not working, you can find Alexis at her home in Lake Tahoe, California, snowboarding, stand-up paddling, and enjoying the great outdoors with her French husband and 11-year-old twins. Alexis, that's just a little overview for everyone, so tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Uh, Well, let's see. So I am... um originally a Californian, so um, have been on the West Coast my entire life, but uh, have spent, you know, began in the beginning as a life coach about, gosh, it's been 11 years now, and um, worked from home when my twins were first born. I left hospitality and got into coaching, um, which that's a whole nother podcast, but mm-hmm. <laughs> how that happened. But um, in the beginning, I definitely, I did a lot of work for free. I was just kind of learning. I'd never had my own business. Um, worked, you know, for low hourly rate and blogged and built my own website. I mean, I pretty much did everything myself. Um, and it was always in between the kids' nap times because I was also, you know, stay-at-home mom at the time and um, taking time off work. And so um, so that was really my first go at my own business. And then um, if you don't count the time when I was 12 years old selling sweet peas on the corner in Seacliff Beach. <laughs> but uh, so I guess it started a little earlier than that. But um, but I had spent years working in corporate hospitality. And at that time, I was um, I was filled with hope and optimism and fear and uncertainty. I mean, it was definitely a mix of like, this is so exciting and I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. There was a lot of that going on. So. Yeah. Amen. I think a lot of us can relate to that. I'm really excited. I love what I'm doing, but I don't really know what I'm doing right. all the time. Am I doing so, it right? And- <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think it's so funny because it, it's so true that as kids, we all have that entrepreneurial spirit. You know, we're not, we're not going to get nine to five jobs like our parents might have, but we do want to have an opportunity to make money. And we do it at that age for the fun of it. Yeah. You know, how much money can I make spending this or doing this paper route or or babysitting? And then a lot of us kind of go go into the more traditional route of working within an organization. And some some people do maintain that entrepreneurial spirit, which I love. And I, I think that was something I had within an organization. But then when you break out and you start your own business, it's a different mindset. Um, but if you can bring it back to that game of how fun it was as a child, you can get through those obstacles and those humps a little bit easier. So I just love that, Alexis. Yeah, definitely. I agree. 
And, you know, clearly you've had success in your life. You pivoted, but you were successful in both places. And, you know, I can hear the confidence you have in your voice. We spoke a little bit before we started recording and I could just pick up on the joy and the passion you have for the work that you're doing right now. But where we'd like to start off is by having you take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. It's those moments when we undervalue ourselves and, you know, later on we look back and go, what was I thinking? You know, that I didn't think I was capable. Share the story and the lessons you learned. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. I was reflecting on this and, um, one of the stories that came up for me is back, um, in the beginning I went through, so I went through, um, Martha Beck life coach training and, um, and master coach training, and then was, um, asked to work on their conferences and to basically plan and MC the conferences for three different events, um, over, like five years. And so it was a real honor. It was very exciting. And I remember, um, in this one, I was the MC and, and the meeting planner. And I mean, we'd put together this amazing event and I was up on stage and I was introducing Martha Beck, who's, um, who's the leader of the organization. And when she came up, I kind of shrunk away because I wanted to give her the spotlight. And I thought, well, people paid to come see her. Like they don't care about you. They're here to see her. And I felt like, you know, I just wanted to get out of the way and out of her spotlight. And even though I'd been through years of training and retreats with her, I was just kind of intimidated by her status as leader of the community. And so, um, but she called me out on stage for shrinking away from her. She was like, look at her shrinking away. And it was like, there's nothing like playing small in front of an audience and then having somebody call you on it. And, Mm -hmm. um, and bravery is one of my highest values. So it felt out of alignment to feel less than someone else for me. Like it didn't, um, it just, my mom always used to say like, well, you know, God never, like, he didn't make you and say like, oh, she's better than somebody else. Or, you know, he didn't make that other person and say like, she's better than you, you know, everybody's just equal. And so, um, so that always stuck with me and I thought, wow, I'm undervaluing myself. And so, um, so that made me realize that I actually used to shrink a lot around people of influence at that stage in my life. And, it became a reflection of how little I was valuing what I brought to the table. And I think, you know, whenever you start something and you're kind of more on the new side, I mean, I was very confident in my abilities to put on a conference, but, um, I hadn't yet had the years of experience and kind of feedback that I was doing a good job in my new role as coach. And, and so I just kind of doubted all that part of me. And so, um, in hindsight, I brought a ton to the table, to that conference on so many levels and should have stood really proud as an equal with the leader recognizing we both brought kind of different but important things to the stage that day. But I just, um, but I didn't, you know, I was just, I wasn't in that place. And so, um, that was a big aha for me. And, um, and I was able to kind of see that pattern in different areas too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I love your story because it really points to how there's always another uh, layer of the onion, so to speak, that we can peel back and work on that. No matter how much work we do on ourselves, life always provides us opportunities to see where we can do some more work on ourselves. (laughs) Right. My, uh, my, one of my dear, my dear friend and co-founder Gretchen Pisano, um, is, you know, we always say like, man, do I really need another lesson? Like how many can I get? Mm -hmm. I thought we had got over this now, but you know, it's like life just continues to give you those lessons that you haven't quite got figured out yet. 
Yes. And I'm reading a book currently called um, Resolve, 13 Resolutions for Life. And there is, you know, the ch- one of the resolutions is on leadership and constantly improving as a leader. And the author of this book, Orrin Woodward, says that the problem with most leaders, why they never become great is because they think they've already arrived. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it is. I mean, that <laughs> isn't that such a fallacy. It's like, the, we um, we often will say, you know, life or leadership is a lifelong journey. And yes. it's, you know, the minute that you start thinking that you're done, it's over. <laughs> I mean, you just, you're never done. And sometimes people get like, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not finished development workshops. And I've, you know, I've read all these books and I should be done. I should have arrived. And it's like, but you've never, you, you haven't. You just haven't arrived yet. And so um, I think that's such an important piece to remember is like we're always going to continue to get better. Yeah. And that there's nothing wrong when we see there are areas we're still weak at. That's just an opportunity to see, oh, I can put some attention. Yeah. It's just another iteration. Like you said, instead of peeling back the onion, it's like just spiraling up one more level. I love that. I like that analogy better than the peeling. spiraling up (laughs) well you have to peel back the onion so you can see right like that's the first step and then after you can continue to iterate on your leadership and spiral up and sometimes we'll joke and we'll say you know today I'm just limping upwards (laughs) like I just I'm not quite spiraling I'm just gonna limp upwards a little bit still moving forward even if it's a limp I love that Now, Alexa, share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. For some people, it's like an instantaneous light bulb going off. And for some others, it's a slow awakening. But it culminates in a pivotal moment where you're ready to take action. So take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. So I used to think a lot about credibility and if I was good enough to coach people. So there's, you know, it was always kind of this like, well, you've never been this. So how could you talk to somebody about it? Or you've, you know, you've never had that experience. You know, you've never been divorced. So how could you coach somebody who's going through divorce? And so um, one day my business partner asked me if I ever felt like I was working harder than our clients. And the answer was, yeah, a lot. (laughs) You know, a lot of times I get off a a call and I'm feeling like, whew, that was a lot of work. And um, it was really at that moment that I was able to kind of reflect on that question and realize that it was my job to be holding space for them to explore their journey versus showing up to help them create something amazing or help them have an aha. And it's, I think that's really kind of a, um, an evolution when you're a new coach or when you're coaching is like this moment where you realize like, it's not about how good you are as a coach. It's about the other person that you're coaching and showing up in a way that helps them figure out what they already know inside. And so, um, what I realized was the aha was really the client's job. And if it happened after our call or during it, it didn't make me better or worse. It just, um, it was their journey and when they were supposed to get it. And so I also realized that there's so many very talented people I was coaching that had self-doubt. And I thought there is no reason to doubt myself anymore because it's not serving my clients and it's not serving me. So it's like when I'm in a place of self-doubt, I'm worrying about me versus being fully present and available for my client. And that was, um, that was a huge aha for me because I realized it was like, stop being so selfish and worrying about how you're showing up. Like, this isn't about you. This is about mm-hmm. them. And I'm now able to use that energy to create something that matters 
versus worrying about how I'm showing up. And that was such a liberation. It was just like, wow, like, let's just let go of that sucker. <laughs> we, don't, yeah. we do not need to be carrying that around anymore. Not at all. And isn't that the crazy duality of coaching that when it's, it's easy and it's fun, that's when you're at your best. Right, right. You know, but if it feels like hard work, that means you've taken on the client's problem and then the client is disempowered to solve their problem because you've taken it on for them that actually you're a better coach for providing that space and guiding them through the process of figuring it out for themselves. Right, right. I love that. <laughs> so true. And Alexis, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. We're all different. We're all going to lead differently. We were chatting a little bit before about, you know, um, you're doing a workshop today on strengths, mm -hmm. you know, um, strengths-based workshop. So how would you describe your leadership style? So I like to set clear direction and intention. Um, I think about what I want to create versus what I want to stop from happening and I definitely share my intentions when I ask people to do things and explicitly manage expectations. I think that um, so often we are asking people to do stuff or we're asking a question and we're not sharing our intention behind why we're asking it. And I was just reading this article um, on Fast Company this morning about um, how our brain gets in the way of our ability to listen and they were talking about this idea of mentalizing. And so when somebody asks you something, you um, you insert the reason why they're asking you. Are they asking me because they're mad at me? Are they asking me because they don't know how to do it themselves? And so we make up the answer in our head. And it was just so interesting because for me, it's so important in leadership to set clear direction, but also share your intention. Like, here's where we're going. It's very explicit. It's very clear. Here's your role in it. And here's why we're going there. And that's, you know, Simon Sinek is the big guy about, you know, what's your why. Um, mm -hmm. But I think this is just important. Even when you're asking your kids to get in the shower at night, it's like, I'm asking you to get in the shower tonight because tomorrow we have a very busy day and you're going to be tired and I don't want you to have to worry about it tomorrow. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Versus like, no, you just have to shower. <laughs> right. right. So Because I, I said so. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and so, but most of all, I lead with love. And I think like when people are clear on what they're supposed to do and they feel loved and supported, they're far more powerful and productive. And so that mm -hmm. for me is what it comes down to is it's clear direction. It's sharing my intention for why I want something. Uh, and it's, and it's being loving and it's being willing to, um, to support people and let them know that they're appreciated for their strengths and values and, um, and then, and holding clear, you know, by managing expectations, you can set really good boundaries as well because people need that. They want to know like what's okay and what's not okay. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. There's so much gold in what you said there, Alexis. And part of what came to, I had a flash when you were talking about, you know, um, you know, giving the reasons why, you know, and leading with love, you know, because I know for myself when I was an employee, you know, I have a really good work ethic. So even if I had a boss, I would have labeled as a quote unquote bad boss. Mm -hmm. You know, I would always produce good work because my own name was going on it and their reputation was their reputation, but I was going to do good work. But when I worked for a boss that I admired, I respected, who cared for me, you know, wanted to take care for me, like it wasn't as hard. My experience of hard work changed because it was enjoyable to me 
to do good work, but it wasn't just about my reputation. I also wanted to help their lives be easier. I wanted them to be successful and to guard their reputations. It was a completely different motivation. And so, and I also found myself way more willing to go above and beyond for the boss that I respected, admired, and they, they felt that way about me as well. Yeah. And I mean, gosh, has there ever been a more important time to kind of tap that discretionary effort in employees than now. I mean, it's, you know, we have cut so many layers of management. We have put so many hats on, you know, one person's now doing three different jobs and we're asking for things, you know, at all hours of the day. And it's just such a different feeling when you're doing that for somebody who you know really cares about you versus doing it for somebody who you don't think have your best interest in mind. Um, and it feels good from a leadership standpoint too, to take care of your people. I mean, I just, um, I have always, even in my corporate life felt really strongly about taking good care of my people because they deserve it. You know, they're working hard and and they deserve it. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Alexis, let's bring this to current day. What is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? Well, at P-Link, we like to turn uh, challenges into opportunities. So our CEO, Gretchen, who I was saying, my friend from earlier, um, she always says the only way to ensure a problem continues to exist is to continue to focus on it. So I would, I'll flip the question to our, um, our greatest business opportunity right now is to really let people know what we're doing in the world of work. And, um, it's, you know, it's just getting the word out there. Um, we've been leveraging brain science and positive psychology and coaching to deliver our leadership development programs. And um, it's really had a, a positive impact on individuals and culture and organizations. And um, I just find that companies, they want to, you know, kind of the old school way is like, we want to gr- build a great team. Like we just want to, you know, we want some team building. Can you come in and do that? But if you develop individuals and help them become more self-aware and increase their levels of consciousness, those people naturally make great teams. So you don't have to like put all this effort into creating like good team building if you're investing in the individuals and their personal development because they're able to, I mean, they just naturally come together as great teammates and there's not, they're not getting in their own way with their limiting beliefs and their hangups and their, you know, triggers that they get reactive because somebody you know, asked him a question in front of somebody else. It's like, that just goes away when people get Mm -hmm. out of their own way. And so I often use the metaphor, um, trying to build a great team without first investing in developing the individuals on that team is like trying to build a gorgeous new home with used building materials and rotted wood. And so it might (laughs) look really good on the outside, but it falls apart in the first big storm. And so that's just been my, um, kind of the way that I think about it is like convincing organizations, A, to understand that individual development is actually the the heart and the foundation of better productivity, better innovation, better creativity, and better teamwork versus coming in and focusing on the team first. Um, really, you need to develop the individuals. And so I think that's probably one of our biggest business opportunities is educating organizations that investment is well worth um, doing and getting the word out. Mm-hmm. And Alexis, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Oh, we're currently working on this awesome webinar series to support our positive leader journey. Um, and that the journey is it's a live in-person offering that combines um, 
what we call discovery, which is a 360, a series of 360 assessments or culture surveys. And then we combine that with on-site leadership development workshops and then one-to-one coaching in between. So it's this whole system leadership development program. And it, what it results in is leaders um, cascading their learning into the organization through multiple levels. And so, um, so we kind of get it into their DNA through this process versus the classic old show up for two days, do a training, leave, and then hope that the whole organization changes, um, which doesn't work. So, but we're creating these highly visual and interesting webinars to support the learning throughout the organization on different levels. So like maybe your directors would do the on-site program and the one-to-one coaching, but then you have layers of supervisors or management or employees below that you want to get the training. And so now we're creating these webinars, but, um, we basically had a bunch of us took a couple of MOOCs last year, the massive online open courses. And we're just so tired of the boring content and like the talking heads where you just see people kind of recording themselves at their desk. And so we thought we can do this better. And so we paired up, um, with our partners at Blue Line Productions out of Indiana, and they're helping us create some just visually stunning webinars that your, you know, employees are not going to fall asleep watching. They're going to be like, oh, that's awesome. I want to watch another one versus like, oh, the dreaded webinar. So, so we are, um, so we're calling it Think Plank webinars, and they're going to be out this fall. We're going to debut it at a leadership academy uh, in the fall. So we're just, we're psyched about that. Very cool. Yeah. Online learning is very difficult because you have to be able to keep people's attention. And I find most slides and just somebody talking in a very monotone voice at the camera is not going to cut it. So I love hearing that people are changing that up and, and making a difference in that area. Yeah, we are excited about it. So... And Alexis, you're doing a lot right now. You know, you have a company that's growing and expanding and there are more opportunities and you have a family. And one thing I know my listeners are definitely interested in is, you know, how does this woman do it, right? What what does she have around her that's helping her? So if you don't mind, if you could tell us about the people you have around you that make it possible for you to sustain and expand your current level of success, tell us about your support system. Well, I wish my support system included a chef, a nanny, and a driver, (laughs) but unfortunately, (laughs) it doesn't include any of those. So um, what it includes is my obvious partners at P-Link. The people I work with, my business partner, Gretchen, is also a dear friend, and so we often will be on an hour-long call and go from wearing the friend hat to the coach hat to the partner hat to the you know, business Mm -hmm. strategist hat. So she's a huge um, part of my support team, incredibly smart and insightful and constantly pushing me to my learning edge, but in a supportive way. So I'm just constantly growing there. And then our fellow coaches are some of my favorite people to hang out with. So that's, that's just fun. And then we have Jen, who is our designer, and she makes us look like rock stars on paper and in digital materials. And then Stacy is our client specialist, who is really the thread that holds us together. She's right now, while we're talking, she's tracking down all my reports and assessments for today so we can make sure that everybody got their stuff done on time. So so that's, they support me from the business side, just they fill my buckets from a shared value standpoint and are just awesome. And then on the outside of work, my husband Arno has been such an incredible um, supporter and cheerleader for me over the years. He's, you know, gone along with every crazy leap of faith I've ever taken. He's been like, always finds time daily to encourage me and mention how proud he is of me and what I'm doing. And that's just, it's so nice to have that. 
um, positive reinforcement from the person who you're, you know, partnered in life with and who you love dearly. Um, and then my kids, my, my twins, Celeste and Aiden, uh, they're 11. They tolerate my travel schedule and they text me love notes on the road. And, Mm. um, and then of course my parents who share their wisdom and optimism and bravery with me, they've always been great support. So, um, so it's just, you know, good family, working with people who share my same values and um, who are as, as excited and dedicated to what we're doing at P-Link as me. So they're awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I know there's the, the, the quip, you know, behind every successful man is a woman, right? <laughs> but there, but also, you know, like behind every successful woman, like, it, like, and successful man, I mean, this is the thing. And, and, and I'm so glad you answered it this way, because I really want people to understand it takes a village. Oh, totally. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it does. I mean, it's not like, there have been, and I mean, I, you know, not like to not go on and on, but like the, the community, the parents in our kids school community have been amazing. We started a new school last year and these moms have like picked up my kids and taken them to school in the morning, taken them overnight, midweek. Like if I had to fly out at 3am or something crazy, you know, I mean, it's just, there's so many people. And I think what I would tell the people listening is like, don't be afraid to receive help. Like be willing to ask because a lot of people are more than happy to help you. And it's so nice when, when they can say yes, because it, it's a gift to them to be able to help out. And so, um, don't, you know, don't feel like you have to do it all on your own. That's just, I mean, that's kind of the lie of society that, and Brene Brown pulls this out, um, in her books, mm-hmm. but it's like this idea that we have to be, you know, total business mavens and, you know, rock stars in the kitchen and at home and like super moms making the vegan gluten-free cupcakes that taste delicious. Like that's just, you know, and never let anyone see us sweat. Like I'm sweating all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, that's not reality. Like it's hard to hold all that stuff together and you need help. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Now, Alexis, I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Sharing my intention when I ask for something. So if there's one thing you could do, just tell them why you're asking. And what is one book you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Uh, Definitely Rising Strong by Brene Brown. It's her latest book, and it's a fantastic book. It has great tips for um, in the workplace as well as um, leadership and in the home. And what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, don't spend time trying to prove yourself to people. The most valuable mentors and loving friends don't need convincing. <laughs> I love that. Now, Alexa, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. My kind of mantra is trust the process of life. Sometimes life goes wrong in your favor. And it's meaningful to me because some of the biggest disappointments in my life and that kind of the, the moments where I've been like, man, that felt like such a failure have ended up writing my path and putting me in some of the most wonderful best places of my life. And so sometimes you just have to trust the process. And instead of being feeling like, why me? Why is this happening to me? You know, be like, wow, like, I can't wait to see what's on the other side of this disaster, because it better be, it's (laughs) going to be good, right? Like, you can't go down like this without some magical thing happening on the other end. So... Complete mindset shift, looking for the opportunity, even when things are going wrong, quote unquote, wrong. I love that. And Alexis, lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? So I would say 
um, our Facebook page, which is P-Link Coaching Center for Excellence. Uh, and then also on our website, P-Link Coaching Center, we've got great videos on there. We've got, um, you can connect with all of our coaches, um, myself included, via email from there. We've also got um, links to all of our social media, our LinkedIn page, um, and every kind of any way that you can get out there. So if you um, if you go to our our website, it's plinkcoachingcenter.com, and then you go to the library page. It's a page full of free resources. You don't have to sign up for anything to get to the uh, resources. You can just go on and, and use what you want. Um, but there's a section in there that's uh, the Bright Side podcast. And so that's um, a podcast I've been doing for about six years. Um, there's 160 shows on there, too. So if you like this one, you might like that one. I love that. And for those listening, I know oftentimes you're on the run or you're driving on your way to your work or your office. You can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. You can put Alexis's name in the search bar and her blog post that accompanies this episode will pop right up and it'll have all the links um, of where you can find her and the resources she shared in this episode. And Alexis, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thanks, Jody. I appreciate it. And it's so great what you're doing with the podcast and putting it out there. Um, I just, I feel like, you know, it's when, when us women start sticking together, like the whole, <laughs> the whole world will be unstoppable. So it's, uh, it's just great to lift each other up. So thank you very much for inviting me on the show. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.